What's up, guys? Alex Contreras alongside Anthony Reg Garcia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Marlins Barbecue. We've got an exciting week ahead of us. We're going to do a week recap. We're going to look ahead to the Blue Jays series. And we got an exciting interview today, a special invite to the barbecue alongside Red. We're going to have Mr. Brendan Tobin, a.k.a. Marlins Macho Man. Oh, yeah, Red. How you feel? I feel good, man. You know, the Marlins played some good ball this last week. Um, it almost feels like we could have done better. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we want to touch base on. So without further ado, let's do the week recap. Well, the Marlins went 5-2 and two on this road trip. And I got to say, it was a success. Unfortunately, we, we could have had two series wins, one against Baltimore, once again, one against the Mets. But, you know, of course, Major League Baseball is going to go out of their way to back the freaking Mets. The Mets they were going to met. They ain't us. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it is, man. Like, I'm a little bit disappointed, a, a little bit sour that the Rockies were able to tweet out best team in baseball. They're 13 and 1 right now, but don't fall asleep on the Miami Marlins, who are 7 and 3. Right. And um, just going back to that Baltimore series, you know, something we touched base on uh back when all this before the series even started all the roster announcement all that stuff last episode we said that we needed the marlins to tread water we needed the marlins to play 500 ball in for these next two three weeks until the you know the studs start coming back and they exceeded our expectations and what's funny with expectations is you know they swept baltimore we were happy with three and one two and two you know these are new guys they met half their team on tuesday before the first pitch we were happy with two and two. We got four wins. All right, awesome. We go into New York. We take the first one. Awesome. We're riding a high. All of a sudden, we lose two games that we, you know, we could have won both. Um, a lot of missed opportunities by the Marlins, a lot of questionable calls by the umpires. But we, we almost moved the field goal on ourselves. You know, we, we met our goal. We played seven and three ball, or I guess this road trip. We met our goal. We were above 500. And... We, we wanted more, you know, and I think that's something awesome for the fans. I think Twitter was lighting up this weekend, you know, fans even turning on each other, putting blame on players, putting blame, you know, on the coaching. And I was one of them, too. You know, I, I don't I'm very vocal when it comes to, you know, my Twitter. But we moved the goalposts. But I think it was it took me a minute. We were talking about this before the show yesterday that I was like, man, why am I mad about a five and two, you know, seven game stretch? You know, so um what was your overall reaction to you know both series and was there anybody that stood out to you any any single moment that stood out to you man to be honest with you there's so many moments to watch to witness i just took it all in as a fan i was appreciative like you said there was a lot of movement on twitter marlins nation was happy they were sad they were going off and you know what it's so good as a fan to see marlins nation stirring up the pot people are getting uh, vocal they're tweeting you know people are turning on each other and that's cool you know because at the end of the day these people care remember all those people that didn't care about the marlins i remember all those 16 fans that we have supposedly it's bull bro look at it look at marlins nation marlins twitter it's blown up we're one of the best twitter nations in all of baseball and i can't wait like this is the best is yet, the best is yet to come jesus aguilar He's been killing it. If you guys listen to Marlins Barbecue, we talked about this earlier, that Jesus Aguilar was going to come and play for the Miami Marlins. It was a great opportunity for him to be here in Miami, and he's raking it. He's killing it. We're so happy to have him here. Um, Brian Anderson, holy cow. Can somebody just extend him already? Like, 
what is there not to love of Brian Anderson? There was that one point where Don Mattingly had him play first base. People were like, oh, I'm confused. I've never seen Brian Anderson play first base. And that's completely valid. But ladies and gentlemen, this is the type of ball player that will play anywhere you want him to. He will do whatever this team needs. And that's exactly what you want in a ball player and a leader in Brian Anderson. Changing the eye level. This is Anderson shooting one down the line off the top of that wall, and it's going to have just enough to get out for a home run for Brian Anderson, a 1-0 Marlins lead. Oh, boy. Alex, but going back to that, um, I agree with everything you said, but you know, I was one of the, I'm one of the few, and it was a discussion on Twitter, and I'm one of the few that doesn't like Brian Anderson playing first base. I know it's almost like an emergency situation, and I'm sure he could do an, a fantastic job. But would the Rockies put Nolan Arenado at first? You know, would the A's put Matt Chapman? No, that you don't see that type of stuff. But Mattingly, I guess, is known for like being a little unorthodox sometimes. But I just don't like it. Like, if that that's the best we could do, you know. I mean, I, I just are... to be a little fair. I mean, think about it. We had 18 players lost to the COVID, so Mattingly has to get a little creative. What do you do when you when when you're scrambling to put a team together on the field? I mean, that's what they did. An applause to the front office, Mike Hill and the guys, because they were able to put together a team based off waiver claims, uh, guys that looked like they weren't going to get another another opportunity. Yeah, you know, you have to make a sacrifice. At one point, it was a double header game. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, so you know what. I, I got to make the sacrifice. I like Andy's bat, but Andy, do me a favor. Let me go to first base. Can, can you handle it? Yeah, you know, he's going to handle it like a pro. And look at him. He made a one hell of a play down the foul ball, uh, down the foul line on first base. And it was just like, wow, look at him, bro. What can't this guy do wrong? And then, boom, you switch, switch him over later on to the game. And another game, he's playing third, and there's a play at home plate, and he does a bad throw. But it's okay. Stuff happens. Like, if he would have been at third base and he would have done that earlier or – you know what I mean? The the first baseman, somebody else would have been playing first base and they would have made that error. We would have gone off on them. So, you know, it is what it is. We got to credit Don Mattingly because he had to put the puzzle together. And it's not the easiest things to say, hey, I'm going to put this lineup out there and we're going to make it happen. At the end of the day, right. you look I at get, the infield I, we had. I get what you're saying because in an emergency situation, it would have probably been all things healthy. Miguel Rojas would have probably been playing first. But I just I don't like making a hole to fix a hole. You know, there's no better, there's no better third baseman on the team than Brian Anderson because then they would have been playing there. And Brian Anderson would have been right. So I just don't like that idea, but I get I understand what you're saying, man. And you know it was just like if you look at the infield he had, he had Alvarez, he had Villar, and he had Birdie. I mean, what you got you, you, you gotta keep those guys where they are, right? I mean, you're not gonna have Eddie Alvarez go over to first base. I mean, you could ask him to do that, but he's already a rookie, he's already trying to prove himself. You don't want him to do way too much, and he's finally starting to find himself at the plate. He went three for three the other day. He was playing stellar defense. Hey, Mr. Miami, Eddie Alvarez, how can you not root for this guy? Freaking Olympic gold medalist. Uh, right, but then silvers. I, guess, I guess my counter that beat would be, then if that's the case, if we're so short um, at first, why not? You know, we have 15 relievers. It's almost like every other inning there's a new guy pitching that we've never heard of. Why not, you know, send one of those guys back to the, the taxi squad and bring in a Lou and Diaz or bring in – uh, somebody that could DH and play first. Why, or you know, why continue? I mean, it was only one game, guys. So we're not gonna make it's not really a habit. But why move? At, I don't. I don't like the move. And I, I don't know. I'm just more stick to the guy where he's the best and let him stay there. I feel you. Uh, moving on here, um, it appeared like every other game or every game we had a, actually a new pitcher start. 
Um, a lot of those guys were rookies. A lot we had a lot of our pitching staff was all over the place, but they held their own for the most part. Um, what do you think of all the debuts? What do you think of all these guys that basically we had? I think it was a, a MLB record seven different starters to start the season. What do you make of that? What do you uh, what where did, what did you see from the pitching staff, especially the young guys? That's where we're really focused on. Once again, man, these guys had to put the put a team together. They had to come out and, you know, throw guys out there that we weren't ready. We, we didn't even think, you know, uh, uh, Mejia was going to make his debut. But look at him. He went and made his debut. He made the jump from single A to the major leagues. He did a hell of a job. Um, Francisco Cervelli gave him a good old slap on the ass, saying, well, a good job, well done, when Manley pulled him. And that's the type of uh, uh, enthusiasm you want on your young guys. You know, uh, on the other hand, Jorge Guzman didn't have such a bright debut. But, you know, uh, it's about wins and losses, guys. A lot of these guys are going to have mixed reviews, and it, we can't be so early to jump the gun. Uh, on a guy that we're seeming to jump the gun on early, even though he's a hitter, um, is Monte Harrison. A lot of people are saying he's being overpowered, you know, um, I think we're jumping the gun way too early on him. I can see, I can understand the concern, but let's take it day by day, guys, series by series. And it's only a 60-game stretch. Marlins are still in first place, and reinforcements are coming. Sandy Alcantara is coming. Dr. K, Caleb Smith, he's coming, okay? For right now, Pablo Lopez is your ace. Eliezer Hernandez, Jordan Yamamoto, there's scheduled pitchers for the next series against the Blue Jays. So. You know what? If we got one thing, it's depth. And because of that pitching depth is why these Marlins are 7-3. and three. Yeah. Um, the young pitchers, you know, they did their thing. Uh, I think Guzman got it hit around a little bit. Mejia in that third inning or second inning got hit around a little bit. It's nothing against them. They just haven't pitched at this level. And, you know, mistakes that you can make in the minors, you just don't – you can't afford to make that in the majors. And I think we saw that a lot in – I want to say – who pitched the second game? Mejia? Uh, Castano. Castano, that's right. I think Castano start, you saw that again a lot where, you know, he was he had, I think, two or three, he gave two or three home runs, and two of them came on, I think, 0-2 pitches. And yes, guys, the umpire squeezed him on, you know, potential strike threes each at bat. But that just goes to show you just can't hang a slider. You just can't hang a pitch over the middle because these guys are going to destroy you. You know, you can't do that to Pete Alonso. It's not, you're not facing minor league hitters now. You're facing major leagues, and the reason they're up here is because they're the best of the best. Another major league debut. Today, it's Daniel Castano. This is a guy who came over, of course, from the St. Louis Cardinals. Last season in the minor leagues, right around a three and a half ERA at a couple of levels. Just try to follow in line with what other guys have done before him over the course of this last week. McNeil 0 for four, a couple of strikeouts last night. And swings through that one. There are two outs. He's not had a problem getting ahead, Paul. He's had a problem putting the hitters away. So I think that was one of the issues we saw in the games with the young pitchers. But besides that, touching on the Monty subject, I could see where people would come out and say he looks overwhelmed. I could see where people are saying that he's not performing. And I think it has a lot to do with the Brinson effect, you know, a top prospect coming up and just not performing. I think that has a lot of people have, you know, memory of Brinson. And unfortunately, you know, it hasn't worked out to this point. Um, but it does appear, Alex, that he is, you know, late on the fastballs. It was a DeGrom and Edwin Diaz uh, matchup yesterday, but his at-bats do look better. You know, I, both of them were full counts. He walked. But even his hits, his two hits are opposite fields, and it doesn't really look like he's even trying to go up, or it looks like he just was late and poked it through the hole. 
is there reason to be concerned at all, though? Man, once again, it's too early. I understand where Marlins Nation is coming from, Marlins Twitter, that they are a little bit alert that, hey, Monte, you know, he's being overpowered with these fastballs. But, hey, Jacob DeGrom is a multi-Cy Young Award winner. Okay, this guy's going to go and throw the high cheese at him because, you know, he's a young guy and the young guy's going to try to go up there and try to rake one. You know, he's got the juices flowing. Edwin Diaz, like he had to get a save eventually. Right. So, um, look, it's too early for it to, to jump the gun on Monte. I can understand some frustrations. I can understand him going in a slump. But at the same time, you got to think about how terrible of a job the umpiring crew really did. All right. The guy has an idea of a strike zone. And then when you go over there, they throw you a ball. They call it a strike. When they, they throw a strike, they're calling it a ball. So it's like it's really hard to make adjustments on the fly. He's going to make these adjustments as he progresses in his major league career. But I can also understand why fans are thinking, well, we need to slow down with Monte because you don't want him to turn into a Lewis Brinson 2.0 because everybody, you know, we love Lewis Brinson and we want Lewis to do great, but he hasn't fit the bill. And when we had Lewis Brinson, a guy, a vet that we had around was Cameron Maven. And that, I was against it. I like Cameron Maven, but I was against having Cameron Maven around Lewis Brinson because Lewis Brinson essentially took the nickname of Cameron Maven 2.0. And now the last thing I want to hear is that Monte Harrison is going to be Lewis Brinson 2.0. We cannot get to that level, people. Don't jump the gun. Monte has done a job, a stellar job playing defense. You guys aren't talking about when he he made a diving play in his major league debut. Yeah, he he poked the ball the opposite way, and he drove in two runs when the bases were loaded. We need to talk about those feel good moments. We can't just talk about the bad things. The same thing goes for Jonathan VR. He went and played awesome in Baltimore. He had a terrible, a shitty performance in New York. And I can understand people going up and saying, how do you chase a 3-0 fastball out of the strike zone when there's runners on base? It happens, people. It happens. When we had a John Carlos Stanton swinging a miss at the slider, you knew it was coming. Everybody knew it was coming. Dancing Tony knew it was coming. Billy the Marlin knew it was coming. Slider on the outside corner. Don't swing, John Carlo. Here comes the slider. Swinging a miss. Strike three. So that frustration, it happens because we care because we're fans. Right. And I think I think a lot what's happening a lot now is, you know, though and this is we weren't even scheduled to talk about this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna rant here a little bit. The Marlin fan that we're seeing now does not know what success looks like. They don't know what a good, you know, star player really looks like. And I know what people are going to say, oh, we saw Yelich. Congratulations. You saw Yelich before he blew up like he did in Milwaukee. You know, you saw Stanton. Yes. Is he a superstar by name? Yes. But by what he's produced, I mean, besides that 60 home run chase season, He's not it, guys. You know, we really haven't had, besides Jose, obviously, Jose was a superstar and he performed like one. But when it comes to hitters, we just don't see it. Fans haven't seen it. A lot of the new Marlin fans have no idea what success looks like. And I'll even go further. A lot of Miami fans who follow Miami sports haven't seen what success looks like since the last Heat championship. And for the last few years, besides this year, the Heat haven't been that great. So we really don't know what winning looks like. Now, with that being said, what we saw the last two, I'm not mad at VR. You know, if you're going to swing at a 3-0 pitch, uh, take the hack. But he did it more than once, and that's when I was kind of frustrated too. But I'll move on. I know what VR type of player he is. That's just his repertoire. That's what he's going to do. So I'm not mad at VR. 
Now, when it comes to stuff like we saw behind the plate from Lavarnway yesterday, I understand that the umpire hosed us. I understand that the guy strikes almost all over the place for both teams. But just looking at yesterday's game, Lavarnway was out caught by his counterpart from the Mets. He apparently can't frame a pitch to save his life. That bothers me. You're a major leaguer. He's been doing I read his scouting report yesterday. Since 2014, his scouting report literally said he cannot frame pitches and he's a liability defensively. Those things bother me. I thought we were done with that as, you know, a team. We need to move on. You think the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Braves would have a player that can't do that on the roster? I understand now he wouldn't have probably even played this year if it wasn't for the, you know, the 18 guys going down. But point is, there's nobody else. There's nobody that could frame a pitch, even if you, even if they can't hit, even if they can't hit. You know, it's not like exactly Lavarno is tearing the cover off the ball. You know, why have a defensive liability, especially with the young pitchers, especially with the new guys? You know, yeah, of course, yesterday was Pablo, but Pablo could have had five more strikeouts if the guy would have just held the pitch there. You know, are you are do you feel the same way about it? Like, are we done? Or when is Miami going to be done with these types of players that just can't do their job? Why do we hold them? Man, Zach Rabb, I'm sorry, man. I tried to stop Red, but man, what can I do, man? It's Marley's Barbecue. We got to come at everybody, man. We got to speak the facts. Yo, LaVarne Way, man. Yeah, he's a liability, man. Um, what can I tell you? He's really playing because we needed a plug in, needed a player to play catcher, man. Um, I honestly would have liked to see Wilkin Castillo, a guy that got called up after 10 years last year with the Marlins and got a, a game winning double. Um, he did a great job. He did it well, not a great job, but he did a better job, or he would have done a better job than Mr. Lavarnway framing pitches. Um, trust me, after he hears this, Mr. Lavarnway, I know he's gonna work with uh, Marlins catching coach, and he's gonna work on that framing, bro. I know Francisco Saravelli is gonna talk to him about framing and Alfaro. You know, like at the end of the day, we, we're jumping the gun. I think, yeah, it sucks, but. It is what it is, guys. I mean, I don't expect LaVarnway to, to, to be starting that many other games anyway when Alfaro comes back. I expect it to be straight Sarvelli and Alfaro. And as far as winning wins, yeah, these guys don't know what winning's about. All the, all the players that we've had in the past have had individual success. Stan's had individual success. Ozuna had individual success. Yelich had individual success. JT Realmuto had individual success. But where are those guys now? They're in other teams. They're hurt or they're not producing at all. Some of these guys aren't even in Major League Baseball anymore. Derek Dietrich, Justin Boers crushing balls and, and, and on the other side of the pond, you know? So all those people that were questioning this front office and saying, oh, we were two pitches away and we blew up a team that was a playoff contender. Get the fuck out of here, guys. Look at where we're at now. Nobody was going to tell you that we were going to be in first place, except maybe if you, you checked out some of my work on YouTube I talked baseball. I talked a little bit about it. You know, the enthusiasm of MEC. 2020 was going to be a fun season. In 2021, we were just going to win it all, baby. I really believe it. <laughs> all right, guys. You know what? Let's change the tone here a little bit. No more negativity. We are 7-3 and three atop of the NL least, and we have a huge week ahead of us here, guys. And we're just getting started. Uh, we just getting started. All right. We got two games against the Blue Jays, and then we finally, finally come home to see the Braves for a three-game series. Um I'm going to say we got to take care of the Blue Jays, you know, 500 at worst, you know, sweep them at best. Um, Going into that Brave series is going to be tough. You know, I hope to steal two of three from the Braves, but one of three is probably a little more realistic with the pitching situation. We don't know who we're getting back on the 14th. That was kind of like the guesstimate 
of when we were going to be healthy. That's when I thought we might see some players start trickling in. Um, Miguel Rojas kind of touched on it yesterday that, you know, he's feeling good. He's been, you know, working out again, but they have to have two negative tests before they can return. We have a day off today. I'm sure there'll be some news sometime today or tomorrow of when, of how these players are testing. But we have the Blue Jays tomorrow, a 6.37 Eastern start time for both games. I've never seen that in my life. I don't know if that's a typo, but 6.37 p.m., we will be facing the Blue Jays. What do you look forward to in that series? And is there a specific thing you want to see? I can't wait to the Miami Marlins take on the Toronto Blue Jays of Buffalo. <laughs> how many how many times have you heard that? The Toronto Blue Jays of Buffalo. Well, they're going to get ready for the home opener. This is going to be the Blue Jays home opener, and they're going to send out uh, recently free agent acquisition, left-handed pitcher Hyung Jin Ryu. Number 99, he's a 1-1 one one on the season with a 5.14 ERA. He's got 17 strikeouts. Uh, out of the Marlins lineup, out of all the players that we have in our lineup and our active team, only three guys have currently faced uh, Ryu. And Francisco Saravelli's had the most ABs. He's had four ABs, and he's batting 750. Uh, Brian Anderson and Jesus Aguilar are the other two guys that have faced them. They've had minimal at-bats, three at-bats, two at-bats. Both have gone hitless. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to see Eliezer Hernandez go in, pitch, and he's going to pitch uh, how he's been pitching in the past, man. Scoreless ball. Yeah, he threw four and a third innings to scoreless uh, his first time out. So, you know, he's going to build on that. And, you know, he's going to want to outperform a little bit Pablo Lopez because, you know, he wants to outperform his fellow countrymen. And you love that inside competition in this rotation. So the schedule off for game two, it'll be Jordan Yamamoto. It's going to be aloha to everybody in Buffalo. Jordan's going to look for a bounce back, and he's going to look to prove himself that he needs to be a staple in this rotation. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think for game one, Eliezer just has to continue doing what he's been doing. I mean, by now, you know, keep the ball down, you know. Throw that slider. Gonna, throw that right. slider. Dontrell Willis be, loves that slider. He's not going to be one of these guys that's going to go out there, you know, and throw you a no-hitter, but he has the stuff to be a major league pitcher. And I honestly, I was okay with him winning the fifth spot coming out of a summer camp. So who says he can't throw a no hitter? Who says that? Nobody would have, nobody would have better Annabelle Sanchez throw a no hitter back in the day. You right. But his, what I'm saying is his stuff. He's a projected fourth, fifth starter. Um, I actually like him as a starter. I don't like him in the bullpen. So I hope he goes out there and balls out. I hope he throws a no hitter and I'll come back next Monday and say, I was wrong. Um, for the 12th that's one of those that i'll be more than happy to say i was wrong on for the 12th you know i like yams i like him as a person i like his story i like all that stuff but he needs to go out there and show us that he could pitch he needs to go out there and you know and give us those five or six innings and you know, dominate a game he needs to, he needs to keep the ball down his last start he got hit around a little bit you know he the everything off the other team's bat appeared to be a solid shot so he needs to go out there and show us he could be a major league pitcher um i think right now with the guys coming healthy he needs to prove it this is it. This is will he have another better shot than the twelfth than in two days? Um for the Brave series, I just want to see us stick with them. You know, I want to see us compete. I want to show everybody that this isn't a fluke. I want like Megora said he doesn't think it's a fluke. You know, we need to show everybody that we can play with these guys. We and I think we could. Um I'm excited. And from the hitting standpoint, what I want to see is I want to see Aguiar keep hitting. I want to see him keep, I believe he's leading the team in batting average. I want to see him keep. Uh, if you don't include Rojas, of course. Um, I want to see him keep hitting the ball hard and hitting it and pulling the ball. Um, there was a stat that I saw yesterday that basically said that when he pulls a ball, he's a, a successful hitter. Two years ago, all he did was pull, and he was an all-star. Last year, he tried he his percentage went down quite a bit, and he struggled. This year, he's back to pulling, and, hey, I wouldn't want anybody else at first base. So I'm excited, guys. 
me and Alex are excited, but uh, we got an interview to do, right? Hell yeah, brother. Well, it wouldn't be a barbecue without more guests, so we're welcoming the Marlins Barbecue this week. Our first ever guest, Marlins Macho Man, a.k.a. Brendan Tobin from 790 The Ticket. Oh, yeah, best team in the whole Major League Baseball year. Don't worry about what just happened with the Mets. Just a little hiccup. We got like 100 new players. Oh, yeah. Hey, Marlins Macho Man, I got to ask, bro, what were you doing before the 2019 season? Where were you? What were you up to? I was down in the dumps, you know. We go out there. We have this new ownership regime. Don't know really who to go into. I remember when wrestling ownership would change. You never knew who was going to be the favorite. Who was, gonna, who was Vince McMahon going to saddle up to? Who was he going to go? Was he going to go with that hot dog and prima donna Gogan? Or was he going to go with the real top athlete in all of World Wrestling Federation? So I had to get my arms around it before it came back. Where it always was, was was number one fish fan. Not like that fake Marlins man who only shows up to the big games with a bunch of honeys. Only worried about who he's got with his arm candy. Not worried about what the results of the field are. Yeah! This is the guy we need. This is the energy we need at the barbecue. Right, pull out the lagers. Yo, come on, pull out the Slim Jims, baby. Yo, tell me, macho man, you run into Donnie Baseball. Uh, you run into Donnie Baseball at the barbecue. What advice are you giving him? Donnie, first I tell him, please, don't be afraid to have everything because you shift a little bit too much out there. So let's spread it around. <laughs> Go out there. You got yourself a corn on the cob. You got yourself a hamburger. Yeah, you... Put the tomatoes on there. You put the onions. You get the nice slice, the nice crunch. Put it all together. You got yourself a mean sandwich with a little bit of Slim Jim on there, of course, for flavor. Bite right into it. Hey, Macho Man, I got to ask you, brother, what is the one thing you got to have at every barbecue? One thing. There is only one thing that you could have if you go to a barbecue. And, of course, that is Slim Jims. Everybody's going to be like, oh, I want to cook the cooked meat. I want something a little bit warm. Why would you have something warm when you could have something that never ages, could survive a nuclear attack, and just eat it? Delicious at all times. You could add a little bit of flavor, maybe a little bit of pepper to it, a little bit of spice, whatever it may be. Delicious. You can't forget the honeys, though. Huh? Some honeys? <laughs> I mean, the only honey that I have in my life, and that is only one, that is Elizabeth. Who is my only one that I have on the side of my arm candy? And anytime I have somebody side eyeing her, like you have this whole Kogan out there, he got a little bit too touchy with the derriere. I say, oh, that, that that's what ended the Mega Powers. You go out there, the Mega Powers back in the day was supposed to be the greatest tag team known to man. And this whole Kogan goes out there and he's, he looks at Elizabeth and he oh, does the whole thing. Oh, I'm gonna hook up, brother. Take your vitamins, take your your your, your natural supplements. What I gave him. Big elbow right off the top rope for taking his eye off the prize and looking at Elizabeth Heine. <laughs> Yo, Macho watch, watch Man, listen, man, we got this dilemma, right? Marlon's Twitter needs some help. We're trying to find a cool nickname for Pablito, Pablito Lopez. You got any suggestions? Maybe, maybe like the librarian or something? Oh, librarian, forget that. You just got to hit him with this. Listen, if anybody's name ends... With the letter O, you just gotta hit him with this nickname, and I just go with this, Pablo. Yeah. 
get to the point. You get excited, so he's on the mound, about to give you a little bit of the, a little bit of that breaking ball with his high stirrup, putting the sucks up just like a true pro's pro did back when I was drafted in Major League Baseball. And he goes and throws that pitch. Oh, Pablo. Macho, man, we have this little game we like to play, man. We need your help. We have some questions here for you. Uh, this game is called This or That. It's famous in our own minds, but it's a fun game. I already know the answer to this one, but at a barbecue, you having a Slim Jim or beef jerky? No, for next question. Ridiculous question. <laughs> All right, who, go, do who do you prefer, the mermaids or the manatees? No. Well, I would never look at the mermaids because I have Elizabeth in love. I never would look at anybody else. So obviously it would be the manatees, fat guys dancing, hilarious. Try and true gimmick in the wrestling game. Anytime you wanted to get a laugh, you put the fat guy out there, does something embarrassing, gets the crowd riled. Who's always made him happy. Yeah, bring back the manatees. <laughs> All right, Macho Man, what, what jersey are you going to wear if you had to pick one? The teal jersey from back in the day or the new Miami blue jersey? Look, the Miami blue jersey is very good. All right, they've made a vast improvement off over the Jeffrey Loria that pompous windbag. Oh, we can't. Blue. We don't say that name here. We don't say don't, that name here. Don't say that name. I, I don't know. We'll see. Is that he goes out there, tries to Picasso all over a baseball uniform with like nine colors. Pick a color. So I like the fact that they went into a direction, a little bit more blue. It's a little bit too raised like for me. Nothing will ever top the deal, the real deal. No further questions on that. Uh, Macho, man, we got a huge series coming up. Uh, against the Blue Jays, and then eventually the series against the Braves. If you were in the Marlins locker room tomorrow before the first game, what speech are you giving these fish? Oh, you guys are putting me on the spot here. I got to come up with something a little bit, uh, you know, dynamic. You know, we've got two big series here. You're trying to bounce back off a series where you try and come back. I don't like the Braves. Hit the guts. Got the Blue Jays. They're not even allowed to play in their own country because of this whole pandemic which seems a little bit soft to me in Canada's eyes. Because we're all out here. Fish just won seven straight on the pandemic. But I think if I had to come up with something, something that would make this the right way to come together for this series win, it would go something like this. Oh, yeah. First off, taking on the Blue Jays, which is obviously the weakest bird in all of the animal kingdom. Let's not forget that these are a bunch of spoon-fed Silver's Daddy's boys all the offspring of former Major League players. So when things get tough, they go run into Papa. They don't even know what hits them. All right? Not coming from the dirt like this fish team is. You take this guy from there, that guy from there. Built off the gravel that is their practice. Man, I don't even need to speak about the evil that is the Atlanta Braves. A bunch of hot dog and prima donnas surrounded first and foremost with that Ronald Acuna who thinks everyone's trying to hit him every single time he steps up the bat. It's time to let it go. Jose Arena has gotten over it. Here you are, still belly aching. You got one championship over the last 30 years. Not like the fish with two championships. Don't even need a winner division to go win a championship. A bunch of fake front ponies. That's why the fish will roll. Bouncing back off this series. No further questions, Mean Gene. Snap it to a Slim Jim. Yeah! Yo, 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 you are welcome back anytime to the Murray's Barbecue, baby. You Let's can add more Slim Jim to that wall. Woo! 
we're gonna get oh, like a whole year supply for this guy, man. I am so excited. He got, I don't know why I'm talking like this, brother. But woo! Uh, what you gonna do, National League East? What you gonna do when the Marlins roll out on you? Don't do Hulk Hogan. Say something like, you know, you get the cream rises to the top. Say something that's actually a little bit characteristic and somebody of high character like the macho man himself. Don't say one of Hulk Hogan's lines because he is a hot dog and prima donna just like Ronald Acuna, and I hate his guts. Hey, you were right. You were the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. No further questions, Mr. Tobin. No further questions. Well, guys, this has been an exciting episode of Marlins Barbecue. Thank you so much for joining us. For more information, go check out fishstripes.com. Mr. Tobin, you have uh, your Twitter handle you'd like to share with Marlins Nation? I don't have a Twitter handle. There's a bunch of fakes out there pretending to be the macho man. But I will say I post all of my official recap videos at Brendan underscore Tobin afterwards, B R E. And D A N underscore, that's the little line that goes under T O B I N. That's where my post will be. Anybody posing as a macho man on Twitter, not affiliated with the actual Marlins Macho Man, they can go to hell. It's that goddamn Hulk Hogan trying to copy you. Damn it. <laughs> hey, brother, thank you for everything, man. Damn it. Well, guys, for more information, follow us on Talk Baseball at The Real Acon. Feel good moments at Talk Baseball on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all over social media. We'll wait for you on the next episode of Marlins Barbecue. You can find us on Spotify, Yahoo, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Red, you got anything else? All I'm going to say is go fish. Cue the music, Eli. <laughs>